0: Greetings and welcome to session 11 on this series of Abounding in the Good Works of God. Negative circumstances occasionally surface in our life that can be devastating to us both physically and emotionally. Maybe you have experienced a tragedy that has caused you deep hurt. Perhaps you've lost a job or suffered a financial setback. An injury may have occurred to you or to someone you love which has greatly limited your ability to function in a normal way. It could be that you've experienced the ultimate untimely death of a friend or family member. This session, and the one after it, is designed to help you get through these difficult situations, to bring you hope and joy in the midst of sorrow and grief. I was once wrongly taught from a Christian ministry that I would never need to experience tragedy or loss if I would simply learn how to trust God. That is not true. The Bible clearly teaches that we will experience trouble and hardships even when we are standing strong in our faith towards God. John chapter 16, verse 33 I have told you these things so that in union with me you have peace. In the world you will have hardships, but have courage, I have overcome the world. The word hardships is a translation from the Greek word thalipsis, spelled T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. It means adversity in the form of tribulation, affliction, distress, or oppression. You and I live in the world, and because of that, we will need to deal with hardships. They cannot be avoided. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4. For even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, just as it came to pass, and you know. These Christian believers were told ahead of time that they were going to suffer affliction. And sure enough, the affliction did happen. I would love to tell you that you and I can live our entire life without having to suffer any affliction. But that is not what the Bible teaches. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 Beloved do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is occurring among you to tempt you as if a strange thing was happening to you This verse tells us not to be surprised when fiery ordeals come our way A fiery ordeal is a calamity with no pun intended the recent bushfires throughout Australia are an example of such a calamity In other words We should expect or anticipate that we need to experience calamities from time to time. Some Christians think that we should not talk about these things, that we should only speak positively. Those of you who know me are aware that it is mostly positive, uplifting promises of God that come out of my mouth. But there is also reality, and that reality is something we have to deal with, that there are negative situations that happen to us and to those we love. And it's not going to go away because we decide not to talk about it. I have been to churches where everyone comes to church and they pretend like all life is really great and hunky-dory and there's nothing going on that's wrong. They hide all of their problems and challenges that they're going through from their pastors, from their elders, and the other people that they love in the church. Maybe they think that by sharing their misfortunes, they're going to be judged as a sinner. Mark chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And the experts in the law, who were Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he says to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners. A real church! should be a place for sinners to go to to receive help, not a place for the perfect to flaunt their righteousness. Let the seasoned believers in your church know about the problems you're going through so that they can pray for you and minister to those needs with the love of God and the Word of God. If you share your issues and they judge you rather than help you, I recommend that you find a new church. Now I would like to address the origins of stress, affliction, tribulations, tragedies, and calamities. First, I'd like to point out where they're not coming from. The true God is not responsible for any of this. 1 John 1, verse 5, And this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. This is the nature of the true God. He is light. He doesn't just bring light. He is light. The introduction of light ends darkness. The absence of light results in darkness. Light and darkness cannot exist together. God has absolutely no darkness in him. How do we know that? Because he is light. 1 John 4, verse 16 And we have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. God is not only light, he is love. What does that mean? It means that he has absolutely no hate in him, no desire for revenge, to punish or hurt somebody in any way. These are two key attributes of the true God. He is light and he is love. Therefore, everything that comes from him has to come in the form of light and in the form of love. Tribulations and calamities fit into the category of darkness. They do not originate from someone who loves you, so where do they come from? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. The last enemy that will be brought to an end is death. The Word of God calls death an enemy. It is an enemy to us and it is an enemy to God. I have heard pastors teach that when someone dies, it is a good thing. That is not what the Bible says. It calls death an enemy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the good news. Death is an enemy, and it has been abolished through Jesus Christ. God doesn't cause death. He delivers us from it. This makes sense because God is all light and He is all love. So if God is not the author of death, who is responsible? Who is responsible for the death of a loved one? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Now since the children participate fully in blood and flesh, in a similar way, He also Himself shared the same so that through death He... Speaking of Jesus, could make ineffective the one who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. The Bible clearly tells us in this verse that it is the devil who holds the power of death. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Again, the devil took him, Jesus, to an exceedingly lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil offered to hand over to Jesus the authority over the kingdoms of the world. This is because the devil owns that authority right now. God originally gave this authority to Adam. When Adam sinned, that authority was transferred from him over to Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 In whom the God of this age... "...has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, to keep them from seeing and shining forth the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God." In this verse, the devil is called the God of this age. He has free reign on this planet to wreak havoc, and that's what he likes to do. This is why we have hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, famines, droughts, and bushfires in Australia. When we listen to our local and worldwide news, mostly what we hear are negatives. Why is this? Because the devil is negative and he exploits his influence throughout the entire earth. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus Christ, came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here we see the ministry of Jesus Christ which is to bring joy and abundant life to mankind. In opposition, the devil desires to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. Such a nice guy, isn't he? Hebrews chapter 11 contains a list of what is properly referred to as the heroes of the faith. These men believed God in great and powerful ways. But if you study their lives from the scriptures you will see that they were also brutally attacked and suffered through many hardships because of it. Being a strong believer does not exempt us from persecution. The reason they were heroes of the faith had a lot to do with how they responded to adversity. That is the challenge for you and I. We cannot prevent hardship and misfortune from crossing our path. However, we can determine how we choose to deal with it. The Apostle Paul was a very spiritual man. His wonderful ministry is mentioned throughout the book of Acts, and yet he suffered greatly. This is recorded in blatant detail in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. One highlight is in verses 24 and 25 where it reads, Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. That's 39 times he was whipped, and he was whipped 39 times, five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent adrift at sea. Some Christians teach that we go through these things because we've sinned and now God is correcting us. The true God is light. He's not going to whip his servant Paul who has been loyal to teach God's word to his people. Are you kidding me? This persecution is coming from the evil one, the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says that Paul pleaded with the Lord three times concerning this persecution. Here was God's response. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power reaches its fulfillment in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ will rest on me. Therefore, on behalf of Christ, I am content in weaknesses, in being mistreated, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, For when I am weak, then I am powerful. When our weakness is exposed due to trials and tribulations we are going through, the power of God becomes even more accessible to us. This is the love of the true God. He sees our hardships and He gives us strength to get through them. When they witness a positive outcome from a hardship, some Christians think that God was responsible for bringing the negative situation to us that he deliberately allowed or caused the bad thing to happen in order to initiate a positive result. That is not the case. God is light, and therefore he cannot, and he will not, cause these hardships to occur in our life. A number of years ago, a Christian family lived right down the road from my house. The barrick family were faithful churchgoers. The father was a leader in the church. They were driving home from church in their van one Sunday evening, when headed in the opposite direction was a policeman on a high-speed chase with a drunk driver. The drunk driver was going 70 miles per hour, almost double the posted speed limit when it ran head-on with the van that the barracks were in. When that happened, the mother and father in the front received severe injuries. But the worst of it came to the young daughter in the back seat. Poor Jen her head was hit really hard, and she immediately went into a coma. She was quickly airlifted by helicopter to the hospital. After examining Jen's condition, the doctors told her parents that she had suffered a global injury to her brain, and it would be fortunate if she lived through the night. If Jen somehow survived, the outcome they anticipated was that she would remain a vegetable for the rest of her life. They did not expect her to ever walk or ever talk again. The parents of Jen refused to believe this prognosis. They rallied as many people as they could to pray for Jen on a continuous basis. And they were not just praying that she would survive, they were praying for her recovery. Their focus was on the promises of God Rather than the life threatening coma that their daughter was in. Two weeks later, miraculously, Jen came out of her coma. Over time, she began to recover her ability to think. Eventually, she was able to return to a life where she could think, talk, and walk again. I met Jen last year at a local church where she gave her testimony. Jen's recovery was not just physical and mental, it was also spiritual. Her relationship with God grew to a new height that she had never reached prior to the accident. As part of her recovery, she now has a deep burning desire to dedicate herself in full service to our Lord Jesus Christ. Her recovery had been an absolute miracle of God. God had healed her. She has since written a book about her story, along with doing speaking engagements and appearing on talk shows throughout the country to let people know that the God she loves and serves can heal any wound. When we look at this story, we are tempted to say, God caused this accident so it would change the teenager's life, and so other people's lives could be changed by her story. It is true that her story has changed many people's lives. But it is not true that God orchestrated the accident for that purpose. The true God, who is all love, would not smash the brain of this child of his in order to help them grow in their faith towards him. This accident was caused by a drunk driver who was running away from a policeman. The barracks had no control over what happened. They suffered a hardship due to a circumstance outside of themselves. 1 John 4:4 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. God is able to take a situation like this one described by the Barrick family and cause something great and glorious to result from it. This doesn't mean that God caused the negative thing to happen. It simply means that the true God is much more powerful than the devil. Our God is much bigger and stronger than the forces of evil. He has the awesome ability to produce wonderful, positive things from negative situations orchestrated by the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-4, through Paul mentions a great vision he had where he was caught up into paradise. This vision was so real to him that at the moment he received it, he didn't know whether it was just a vision or whether it was really happening. Why do you think Paul was given such an awesome vision? Paul was enduring so much torture, punishment, and other trials at this time. To give Paul the strength to go on, the Lord gave him this vision. It helped Paul to see that these trials would not last forever. One day in the future, all of his problems would go away. One day in the future, the hardships would end, and everything he had endured would all be worth it. God has promised us eternal rewards for our faithful service to Him in this lifetime. And when it is necessary for us to endure hardships, He is there with us, not only to comfort us, but to help us grow in our faith to Him. Romans 5, verses 3-5 And not only that, but let us also boast in our hardships, knowing that hardship produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that was given to us. Do you want to grow in your relationship with God to better understand His love so you can be more effective in sharing it with others? When hardships come our way and we endure those hardships, spiritual growth results from it. The true God, who is all light and all love, refuses to allow us to be defeated by the darkness of the devil. Jen Barak is an example of someone who has learned how to turn darkness into light. To this day, her brain has not fully recovered. She has to fight through many limitations due to that accident. But this has not stopped her from reaching out with her heart and soul to give people her testimony of God's love. God blessed Jen Barak. And God bless all of you who, although you are suffering great hardships, have the courage and the strength to stand for the true God and not allow yourself to become defeated by the suffering, tribulation, and calamities orchestrated by the God of this world, the devil. There is only one more session left in this series. It will be entitled, God Will Reward the Faithful. At times, we are doing our best to, in the center of God's will, as best we can. And yet, nothing seems to be going our way. Problems and roadblocks pursue us like a ton of bricks. We are discouraged, and we want to quit. In this last session, you will learn how to endure difficult times and continue to stand on God's word with joy and conviction. Until then, remember that God loves you, and so do I.